0: We are rolling. Wow. And a big yawn <sighs> from Chris. Excited to be back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you've now progressed beyond a cold open, which we often do. And now you're just like, as soon as we click record,
0: <laughs> it's all it's all fair game.
1: We are on and it's all in this. you you had a cold open. Uh, yes, I did.
0: Well, obviously, Chris, we've been off for a little bit. And since we were off, uh, we lost Kelly to Clarkson. retirement. Sorry?
1: Kelly Clarkson? She since retired. Since we've
0: been off? Oh, since we've been off. I certainly Scared me not. there.
1: Good God. I um, mean, I can take her retiring from music, but the Kelly show. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question. Is she now the number one Kelly of daytime TV, passing Rippa? I mean, I know, I know it's hard to have these legacy conversations when there's still in their prime.
0: I think, I think she's still got a way to go. Kelly Ripa has sure. put a lot of years in, Sure, um, but we also lost, we still have Kelly Clarkson. We still have the Kelly Clarkson. So, but we did lose the great Serena Williams to retirement. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah. So I thought Chris, just as a tribute to one of the greatest athletes, uh, that, I think we'll ever see. Uh, we could just list off some things that we thought Serena Williams is better than you and me at. Uh, I thought I would start with a clear one that if she wanted to, I think she would be better at podcasting than we are.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's great, she's great in the interviews. She has a lot of charisma, obviously, which is something Puns. we lack. She's in funny, which is something we lack. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I the thing I always think about is that she's married to the Reddit guy.
0: Yeah, and he's he seems like a good, like supportive. He's always there. He's always cheering. I like it when they cut to the Reddit
1: guy in the stands. Sure, but will she be? Is is does she know more about Reddit than you or I? Because I know a fair amount about Reddit.
0: Yeah, I I'm go I'm on Reddit quite a bit. Uh, I'm not like I don't know a ton about it, so I would say she probably does know about Reddit
1: than more than you or I do. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I think about is just like, she has maybe the world's strongest legs. So Definitely. something leg related. Like, I feel like she could like chop a tree down with kicks. Roundhouse kicks.
0: Yeah, and you don't think we could do that? Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I guess it's a matter of time scale, right? Like, yeah.
0: I mean, I think she could definitely get it done before you and I, working together, could chop down... We
1: are in the sense that, like, a gentle current of water (laughs) can wear down the mighty boulder. (laughs) You or I could kick down a a sturdy redwood.
0: Yeah, I think uh, probably the last thing that Serena would be better than you or me at is uh, changing the game through more than 20 years of incredible talent, hard work, dedication, skill, grace... Uh, charisma like you said no this is all off the top baby (laughs) i just have a lot of respect for serena williams so absolutely uh, the greatest yeah so i think we've got a long way to go and tennis did we mention tennis
1: no tennis actually i'm
0: not sure about tennis i'm i'm i played high school tennis so
1: that's you know i'm
0: not willing to go for
1: i think you're absolutely right and speaking of (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of the greatest, it's time for the return of High Floor, Low Ceiling. And welcome back. I usually say that after the break, I guess, but we're back. Yeah, it's appropriate. Welcome to High Floor, Low Ceiling. Griffin we're back we're back
0: I uh we took a little break there it was sort of the dog days of summer there wasn't a ton of sports a lot of baseball on. being played yeah the dog days of uh, baseball <laughs> just a lot of dog days been going on lately um yeah no, a I lot am... of dogs around <laughs> corgis uh no <laughs> <laughs> speaking of people we lost <laughs> oh man yes we One are technically the... both subjects
1: yeah, one of the uh, great equestrians, I assume. Mm, <laughs> do you think sports. she? Do you think she had elite horse riding abilities?
0: I think so. Like she loved horses by all accounts. It was one of her favorite things. She certainly spent a ton of time on horseback. Right. Um, I think she probably was one of the world's best. Like, not like she would have been a great jockey or.
1: Show rider though. I could I could see her doing the jumps with the Sure, uh... sure, sure. Do you think she was top, you know, in her prime? Top We're talking prime Elizabeth, okay. Yeah. P Q. Uh was she top one hundred in the world? At At riding horses? Yeah. I'd have to say among women we can striate if you wish.
0: No, I I mean I think riding horses is a pretty gender neutral sport. Sure. Um, I would say just through like, how often do people get the opportunity? And like, she's, she's so busy all the time. But like, have you ever seen that clip of, uh, her, there was that thing where like, it was this parade and blanks were fired from a gun and like everyone freaks out, but she keeps her horse like perfectly steady. That was a Canadian mm-hmm. horse, by the way. Fun fact, you and I mm-hmm. also Canadian horses. Um, so yes, I'm going to say yes. Top hundred horse riders in the world, but we'll have to leave that up to the st-
1: to really,
0: uh, really hammer down.
1: Absolutely. Um, you have an insult to me written here. Do you want to just talk about that?
0: Oh, I mean, I guess quickly. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is kind of like this. That was the longest break we had ever taken from the podcast. We were gone for a month. The longest, the longest break. What? Oh, is that <laughs> what it's called? Oh, I, I'm just desperate to hang on. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, this podcast started us in person in the studio? I thought that mm-hmm. it would be great to get back to that, bring a little more energy. You you didn't want to do that. You didn't want to see me.
1: Well, Griffin, last week, as you know, I was hobnobbing with the cultural elite. I, did you, did you hear about how Taylor Swift was here? I heard that she was here. Did you, did you have an encounter I did <laughs> a brief encounter. Speaking of movies. Um, I did not have an encounter what? <laughs> well, know, no, like, I, I just didn't get I didn't get that one. It's just a movie. Oh, okay. Um I did not encounter her I saw so for those who don't know, Taylor Swift was in our fair city of Toronto. She came for a TIFF event, which I was told by industry insiders was like 90% uh like press and like friends and family so it was like there were that, probably like a hundred tickets that were actually like released to the public and there was a frenzy <laughs> is my understanding? that she came,
0: makes a lot of
1: sense she came to there was a my understanding is there was a screening on 35 millimeter f- griffin of her short film all too well the short film i assume you've seen it i have it's one of my five star movies on (laughs) letterboxd that's good starring sadie sink um and also ostensibly to just like talk about filmmaking because i guess she sort of wants to uh well she's in the film amsterdam as we all know yeah she was Um, in cats yep she was in cats uh and so there was, like I said, there was a frenzy. And outside the Tiff Bell light box, when she was due to arrive, I did see an enormous crowd. And I was sort of like, just stood there for a second. I was like, this crowd's crazy. And then I walked <laughs> away <laughs> and probably like 30 seconds as I was walking down, what, King Street probably, um, I heard a like massive scream. And so I don't know if that was actually Taylor Swift arriving or if there were just people who started screaming, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it seems but like
1: I, you were you had a somewhat close encounter. Yeah, I may have heard her car arrive.
0: Wow, there you go. That's what Tiff does to the city. You know, we're just rubbing elbows with celebrities left, yeah, right. That's and my center.
1: report. I did. I will say, I did see Finn Wolfhard sitting on a patio.
0: Oh, that's good. Cool. Isn't he Canadian? Doesn't he? Might just be. Is he? He might have just been hanging out. One of the vote. Stranger Things kids he is it's canadian yes uh, Wow. well, well you know chris despite all evidence to the contrary this is a sports podcast of course uh we did start off talking about serena um and yeah we're happy to be back uh we we're happy you're joining us wherever you are in the world uh we'll get into that maybe next week
1: yeah we'll have uh, to see Love we'll to see who stuck around gotta check the
0: stats um but yeah, we are if you're new here, welcome. Uh this is what to expect. Exactly what you just got the last few minutes. If you're back, we're really glad you're back. We missed you. Uh anything else to say to our listeners who mean a lot to us?
1: Remember. <laughs> okay. You're okay, you're trying to make it sound like I don't care when I actually as Rose speaking of movies again, Roseman Pike, I care a lot. Uh <laughs> did you see that one?
0: No. Okay. Which one's that? One? Uh, Oh is it called I Care A Lot
1: Yeah she like plays a bad person She's like a villainous figure
0: Oh the worst person in the world
1: Yeah something It's a satirical black comedy thriller film Griffin, Written and directed by Jay Blakeson I love him I also love his brother Blake Jason Sure Director of The Fifth Wave Sci-fi
0: film The Fifth Element Yes uh, but yes, Chris, sports, <laughs> we've been off. We've been off for like six weeks. I don't think we missed too much. There was uh, the WNBA finals wrapped up just the other day. Mm-hmm. Aja Wilson, a uh, great player. Congratulations to her and the Las Vegas Aces.
1: Becky Hammond.
0: Yeah, great coach. I
1: saw, I saw a piece of trivia that she is the first former WNBA player to win a title as a coach, which I think is really cool.
0: That is really cool. Um, And first rookie head coach. Oh, yeah, of course. I didn't even think about the fact that that she was a rookie head coach. It feels like we've been hearing about her for so long.
1: I know. Um, I'm uh, also glad that you brought back your knocking the mic.
0: (laughs) Was that even? I didn't even hit it that hard. I can't believe that was even audible. (laughs) But yes, I have to reach around my mic to get to my computer. So sometimes I accidentally knock the mic.
1: Sure. You got to have the arm like like I do.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've got the whole setup there. Another reason I wanted to do it in person, I want to check out the setup.
1: But There's no, no shot you will ever see the inside of my bedroom in your life, <laughs> <laughs> honey. <laughs> 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 Get that <out. laughs> oh. um, <laughs> in. Uh, what else do we miss? We missed a lot of baseball. We're going to talk about some baseball in a little bit. Um. Some do, you, do we want to talk about the NHL, the rash of retirements that seem to be uh, happening today? Yeah, specifically
0: today, we have lost, unfortunately, uh, Keith Yandel, Zdeno Chara, and P.K. Subban. Uh, three varying levels of great defensemen. I think all three <laughs> will probably wind up in the Hall of Fame one day. P.K., I mean... Really? He's the one that you feel? Well, he just, he's only 33. I saw today he was only a three-time All-Star, which I was a little surprised. He flew very high, but not for very long. Yeah, That's always an interesting case, I think, when it comes to Hall of Famers.
1: Yeah. And he, you know, he got a lot, like, he was, like, a big star. Like, there was probably a time in, like, the late 2000s where the only hockey players I knew were, like, Sidney Crosby and P.K. Subban, probably. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why you host a sports podcast. <laughs> I uh, know more
1: <laughs> hockey players now. I will, <laughs> while I'm while we're talking about my lack of knowledge, I had never heard of Keith Gandel, Respectfully,
0: uh, he he was a good defense. He was like an offensive defenseman. He had that whole s- thing this year where he was like set almost set the Ironman record, and then like the Flyers scratched him or something. It was a whole. It was one of those hockey scandals right. that like no other sport cares about, but matters. Keith in scandal. Hockey. Keith, scandal indeed. Uh, yeah, baseball happened. Um, I addressed the passing of Bill, Russell, and Vince Scully in our off-week musings. Uh, if you mm-hmm. missed that, go back, check it out. It's literally like three minutes long. Mm-hmm. It really helps the show. And also, if you're listening uh, for the first time, speaking of helping the show, leave us a review. Leave us uh, five stars on your favorite podcast app. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we love making this show for you, and we would love to make it for even more of you.
1: Yeah, and f- for more money—that's <laughs> what yeah. I thought you were going to say. The <laughs> well, current number is zero, to be clear. Yeah, we do not um, make money off this podcast. I pay Chris uh,
0: weekly an appearance fee, <laughs> <week>, but um, <laughs> eventually, pay for my travel. Eventually, we'll be able to afford having Chris on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Griffin, how long have we been going? So uh, we're far? at about
0: fifteen minutes, which I think yeah. is
1: pretty true to form. We didn't really miss a beat. I guess so we're back in the saddle yeah. um let's get to one of our main segments griffin it's the return we've got we've got a lot of returns happening it's our return yeah the nfl has returned Oh yeah. uh week two wrapped up last night have you have they ever done two monday night football games I don't know that was and weird. we just and don't know just like
0: for no reason <laughs> Like, Bills and Titans? Did that have to be a Monday night
1: football game? I mean, it was another turn game. Right, the uh, are the Bills just
0: going to play 17 primetime games this year? I haven't checked, but they're two for two. I mean,
1: I feel like that, you know, it, we'll talk a little bit about who maybe some of the best teams in the NFL are, but certainly in terms of teams you would want to see, any given one of their games, the Bills would have to be Number one, right? Because like, you know, it'd that's be, fair. That's fair. It'd be the Bills, the Chiefs, and Tampa, right? Or is there anyone else in the in the conversation? I guess I don't Miami. really care about
0: Tampa personally. Okay, I'm, i don't I'm bored care with that Tampa. much about Tampa, but I'm bored with Tom Brady. Sure, but so speaking of the Bills, sure, absolutely. We oh, have, did, did you announce what the return? No, that's what... I'm getting to it. Okay,
1: I'll stop interrupting.
0: We're back, baby.
1: We're back—the playful antagonism you've come to expect. Uh, It's the return of hosts
0: who don't really like each other.
1: That's not true. No, Uh, the return of the NFL season, and it's the return of one of our most beloved segments, Real or Fake Griffin. We're only two weeks into the season, so we. There almost haven't been enough time for takes to percolate. Like I was gonna be like, oh, should we do something about Aaron Rodgers? But it's like, no, nah, he kind of like had a good game last week. <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of crazy still. And he sure looks like if if you saw
0: Aaron Rodgers in a parking lot late at night, would you walk within thirty feet of him?
1: No, I, I, I'm concerned about him. I hope he's okay. Um, I feel like he's getting bad guidance, <laughs> perhaps um so it's the return of nfl real or fake you know if basically if something happens two weeks in a row graph and that's pretty much a pattern we can say that i it's think something worth talking about that would Mathemat- be correct yeah um and so we have noticed some patterns in the nfl and we are going to discuss if they are in fact real or fake and as you alluded to speaking of the bills the first one I have for you here, real or fake, Josh Allen is the NFL's most valuable player. We it should start saying it like
0: that. Comes together. Um, I would start out, Chris, and this is a big deal because this is our first real or fake of. I guess this is sort of like season two of. how i like. uh, If not season three, maybe. Yeah, we did take that break like in the winter last year. Uh, but regardless. I would start out with a big, bold claim that this is real. Josh Allen will win the NFL MVP this year and is currently the NFL MVP. He has just led the Bills to domination in the first two weeks, and it's been on his back. Like The defense is good. Stefan Diggs is excellent, but he is racking up the numbers and... It's, I think it's a pretty open and shut case. Obviously, in the case of an injury, um, there would be trouble. But, yeah, I think right now it's his award to lose.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, and this might be sacrilegious to some, but it feels like it's like, you know, in the mid-2010s or the late-2010s, there were, like, two sort of polls. And this isn't really that reasonable of a take, but I'm going to keep pressing on.
0: That's what we There do. was.
1: Mahomes, who was like the passer and like the cannon arm. He is not a bad runner either, but you know, primarily a passer. And then you had Lamar Jackson, who was like the most, one of the most amazing runners we've ever seen at the quarterback position. And then it feels like Josh Allen is like the marriage of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Like he, like it, that seems incredibly hyperbolic to say, but like you could say he is at least in the conversation for both the best passing and best Russian quarterback in football right
0: no you absolutely could I think that's actually a great take like when Josh Allen was drafted the whole thing was that he had a cannon arm but he wasn't very accurate and the bills have worked with him and they've figured out the accuracy now he doesn't really have like a hole in his game he's a great runner like you said he's very athletic Uh, And he's a great passer. He seems like a really well-respected by his teammates and like a real leader in Buffalo. Um, So I, I like that comparison a lot. The marriage of Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes has produced Josh Allen, which is funny (laughs) because Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were drafted in the same draft.
1: Right. But yeah, it took, you know, I guess it took Lamar Jackson a little while too, but it took Josh Allen, I think a couple of years to sort of get all his tools together. But we saw last night or uh, Monday night, of course, we we're recording this live interiors at the time you're listening to it. Um, Josh Allen dominated the Titans. He had 317 yards. He threw four touchdowns. He threw three touchdowns to Stephon Diggs. The big one being the like 46 yarder that he just like tucked in sort of like over two defenders, which just like, I feel like the best quarterbacks just, like, make throws to a casual like me. It's just, like, that looks so easy. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, why weren't they guarding him? And then you (laughs) see the replay, and it's like, oh, there were, like, three people guarding him. And it didn't matter because he just, like, put the ball in the exact right spot. And that's, like, those are the kind of throws that Josh Allen is now capable of, which is crazy, frankly.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, we can talk about other quarterbacks Patrick Mahomes I think Lamar Jackson if he keeps playing the way he did last week and in a contract year uh, is going to keep himself in the MVP discussion but like we said like barring an injury I would be shocked if Josh Allen does not walk away with the MVP this season
1: yeah I, I guess it right now it feels like it's him and Mahomes and then everyone else is a few steps behind but Griffin the next one I have for you here it's about a team in the, I don't know, divisions. AFC West, of course. Yes. <laughs> you okay?
0: Oh, it's just I have a list of the divisions <laughs> behind me. <laughs> wow.
1: True sports fan. Um, the Denver Broncos, Griffin. I just have this written as, because they're not 0-2, weirdly, the Denver Broncos are in big trouble. It's a pretty nebulous uh, assertion, but... Just based on what we've seen so far, the loss to the Seahawks, 17-16, and then the win against the Texans, they, they are not... they. What I have written here is they look consistently disjointed, and I think that's a good way to put it, is that like they just don't seem to have any of their pieces clicking. Obviously, they have a new quarterback, they have a new head coach, but ostensibly, the point was like that... Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. We do our research here. Um, <laughs> that they, like, had this connection. And so, surely you would expect them to be a little more jointed. Um, and then, you know, you had things like the fans having to <laughs> count down the play clock so that uh, they wouldn't take a penalty for delay of game. I assumed that DeMar DeRozan's girlfriend was in attendance. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that is a throwback for any Raptors fans out there um she would start at like 14 too she really wanted them to be yeah. aware of the shot and it, it's it's a benefit I feel like and I, I feel like that's like weirdly I was like that's a good idea and also like why don't teams why don't fans do that more yeah or is just the I guess the idea is like they should be silent during offense In football, I think, yeah, you're supposed to be quiet during the offense. In basketball,
0: though, I think fans are just supposed to be loud all the time. Sure. Uh, But I am going to say that it's real that the Broncos are in big trouble. We sort of saw signs that Russell Wilson may not have been the quarterback that he once was at the last season in Seattle. And now we sort of chalked it up to be like, oh, he's getting out of Seattle. He's going to be with this new coach who isn't like 80 years old. Um, he's going sort of to have Stafford. F- yeah, exactly. I think that's what we were anticipating. But I mean, Russell Wilson is getting up there in years. His scramble ability might not be there the way it once was, and the arm I think uh, is also starting to wane a little bit. So I am worried about the Denver Broncos. They gave Russell Wilson a lot of money, and I think that this has the possibility to really blow up on them.
1: Yeah, I mean he he had a pretty good game in the in week one that I think got overshadowed a lot because like the big narrative right now is like he's not getting the ball on fourth down Nathaniel Hackett is like playing way too conservatively there was the whole thing with them like kicking the field goal at the end of the game in week one but then it's like do I don't know maybe this is ridiculous and this is probably one of those things that will look stupid for even talking about like five weeks from now but like That's how confident <laughs> how confident do you feel about russell wilson in like a late game fourth down situation right now on a scale of one to ten
0: um he i would no longer put him in like my top group of quarterbacks that i mm-hmm. want in that situation or even like down by four with 90 seconds left like for many years he was up there with rogers and mahomes and Brady as the guys that you would want in that situation I don't think he's deserves to be there anymore and I think right now he's got to earn his place back to that level because he's not shown it for a while and even with this change of scenery and of course there's a chance that they just need some time to gel and he'll get on the same page as these receivers and it'll all look okay but right now I think he he needs to prove it like it's it's on him now it's no longer just an outlier
1: yeah, I guess I guess that's a fair sort of way to frame it is like, it's not on him to prove that he's good, but it might be on him to prove that he's great, which I think, you know, he Ooh. has sort of been given the <laughs> like that. Yeah, he has sort of like been given not the not the benefit of the doubt, but he has sort of been presumptively placed into that category. And I also think that with like Brady and Rogers and people like that, and I feel like almost in sports in general we're getting more accustomed to and expectant of people to continue to be great into, like, their late 30s and, in Mm. some cases, into their 40s. And so I do feel like it it feels surprising when a player who has played for 10 years is, like, starting to maybe decline a little bit. But that might be what we're seeing here, right? Yeah, I mean
0: it does sort of feel early, like, earlier today we saw P.K. Subance retire at 33, and my sister texted me, 33, like, isn't that early to retire? And it does feel that way now, and I mean, that is still a little early to retire, but it's not too early to start having a drop-off, and, like, with the advances in sports science and training and things like that, I think that, yeah, our, ex- our expectations are being shifted as to what the prime of an athlete is, and, but Russell Wilson as a smaller guy who's been running for a long time and playing like a physical style, uh, he might still be on that old timeline.
1: He's certainly an old timer. Um <laughs> oh. To your <laughs> perspective, maybe. He f- This is a family show, I'm not gonna cuss you out, but <laughs> <laughs> To my
0: to my perspective Okay, you were gonna follow it up with a joke about you being old. That would that would save it. That redeems
1: it. Thank you. Griffin The Miami Dolphins, I mean, I don't want to trigger you, but Miami Dolphins, a spectacular comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, a thrilling game, uh, an amazing performance by Tua Tagovailoa. Griffin, real or fake, the Miami Dolphins are Super Bowl contenders.
0: Super Bowl contenders, fake. Playoff well. contenders.
1: <laughs> sure. I so I was sort of I was looking at their pro football reference page because we do a research, and I saw their over under at eight and a half wins, and that feels low to me. Was like that surely
0: from the start of the season or going f- yeah. forward with their two
1: and the start of the season. Start of the season, but like even that like I think we expected them to be really good on offense, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, the run game is suspect with Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds, um, and the quarterback is suspect. They've got two really good wide receivers in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who are both famous for being like absolute speed demons down the field threats, and who uh, previously had not shown an ability to throw the ball down the field very well or very consistently, and the defense isn't anything to write home about, so... I mean, as exciting as Waddle and Hill are, I don't think that there was a ton of reason there. And I still don't think there is. Like, I think they're wildcard contenders for sure. It seems pretty obvious that Buffalo is going to win their division. Sure. Um, but in the end, yeah, I think they'll be fighting with teams like the Bengals and the Broncos, or maybe the Chargers or the Chiefs, whichever one doesn't win that division for wild card spots which is why it's great for them to get these wins early. But I don't think that they're Super Bowl contenders based on the, like I would say, wide receivers, their only elite position group. And I don't sure. think that that is one where you can rely on an elite group of wide receivers to take you very far without having other
1: elite groups. Sure. So if let's say I adjusted that line and now it's 10 and a half, with obviously remembering that there's now 17 games, are you taking the over or the under on 10 and a half wins?
0: An 11 and six record for the Miami Dolphins. I yeah. think I think that's a great, a very well placed line. But I think I would have to take a slight under.
1: Wow. So you think that's pretty much saying they'll be they'll be a 10 win team, right? Because like,
0: yeah, I don't think they end up nine and eight, especially after starting two and zero. Oh. So yeah, I think 10 and seven seems like the sweet spot for them. Would sure. you say over?
1: I, I mean, I don't know what to think. I was not a Tua believer. I am still not a Tua believer, but you know, he threw. I I thought the ball he threw to Tyree Kill for that touchdown was really good, even though you know he maybe underthrew him a little. I don't think it matters that much. Um, I he, I think that if he is competent, <laughs> then like that like raises their ceiling. A lot because, like you said, like they have wide receivers, but not only do they have like great wide receivers, they have great wide receivers who can make plays on their own without requiring like good quarterback play. Like, I feel like a That's standard true. You receiver, could throw
0: like the ball two yards to Tyreek Hill and he could get the other 74 for you.
1: Exactly. Whereas someone like, you know, I don't know, like DeAndre Hopkins, I feel like you do still need an element of like you're relying on your quarterback to. Get the ball in a good spot, whereas with people like Hill and Waddle, who have such amazing speed, you are you're a little more able to lean on them to make their own plays. In the same way that you know, like a almost like a Debo Samuel would. Like I feel like we're seeing more impetus being put on the skill position players beyond the quarterback to make their own plays. Agreed. So, Griffin, you have here, which I thought was interesting. If you had to... (laughs) If you had to choose, are you taking the Dolphins or the Eagles, which you say are both surprising 2-0 teams?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles looked really good on Monday night in their dismantling of the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So I think that... I am a little surprised, but I really... This was mostly just a chance for me to say that I really believe in what's happening in Philadelphia. I think Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. Uh, I like A.J. Brown in that Eagles green. I like Devontae Smith as the deep threat. I think that they've really built a good offense there. Uh, So I just want to say that I believe in Philadelphia, and I would take them uh, over the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess... I feel like maybe I was underrating the Eagles a little bit coming into the season, not because of like having any strong feelings about them, but mostly just being like, well, you know, Jalen Hurts, he, it's not quite there. (laughs) Like you can almost say that he is like Lamar Jackson circa what, 2019 would it be? Yeah. Like one year before the
0: breakout. I think he was the 2019 MVP.
1: Yeah. So maybe 2018. Yeah. And then this year is sort of like his breakout year where he, you know, like his game is certainly not without holes, but I feel like the things he does well, he does really well. And that can be enough. I think certainly like when you're a young team that might be surprising people a little bit as well, that that can work to your advantage as well. Um, Their schedule is pretty good. They have certainly the commanders next week. The Jaguars, they have the Steelers, they have the Texans, the Commanders again, the Colts. I mean, did you see any of the Colts game this week? Because Matt Ryan seemed to be uh, in a tough place.
0: No, I missed the Colts game this week, but I have heard that it is getting ugly in Indianapolis.
1: Uh, Zero points is what they scored. And then, of course, the tie in week one with the Texans, that probably maybe should have been an omen. Um, But we'll see what happens with them. I guess Dolphins at the... It's actually a tougher... Because when I first saw this, I was like, oh, the Dolphins. I think just because we've been hearing a lot about the Dolphins and they had such a surprising, huge comeback win. Like, I think, you know, sort of showing you have that DNA in you is... A promising thing as well I guess yeah um. it's hard it really is hard <laughs> because it's like on the one hand I'm like well like you know you have those receivers who can be elite playmakers but then you have Jalen Hurts who I think when he's on can be an elite playmaker as well so I guess I still do think I'm going with the Eagles just by a bit that's it um fly Eagles fly We'll I think that's put what an HF- sure, absolutely. Uh we'll put an HFLC point on it, perhaps. But I th- I think it's it's a valid question, Griffin. But that will have to do it for this week. We will definitely come back and revisit these uh in the future. The NFL season just getting underway, Griffin. Uh hockey is starting Weeks soon. Away. It's terrifying to say, but uh preseason I think is starting like this weekend so yeah i
0: think training camp starts like tomorrow maybe today sure. if
1: you're listening on sure. release day right uh so look forward to that that'll be a crazy time i'm dreading it but also excited about it uh so we will come back to the nfl i'm sure over the course of this season yeah I have a we are... we'll be talking a lot of football absolutely we are going to take a quick break And we'll come back to answer for our sins when High Floor, Low Ceiling returns. And welcome back to High Floor, Low Ceiling. We are back, baby, as you may have previously heard. Um, And speaking of back, Griffin, baby got it, certainly.
0: Of course. Um,
1: Bacon. And, sure. (laughs) And speaking of... Things that Baby has or doesn't have, we are going to the corner. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get towards. And nobody puts Baby there. Ah.
0: You you brought it around. You brought it around. And I'm proud of you Uh, for it.
1: Thank you. This is a brand new segment. I mean, we've done things of this nature before, but I'm giving it a segment name and a fancy title. And this is going to be... uh, a new segment so it counts as something new <laughs> we're not just rehashing big, the same This is one. a
0: big return episode we got a brand new segment to unveil
1: yeah a bns shout out to ben nicholson smith um do you think we could pay him to change his name to brand nicholson segment <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're talking of course about <laughs> our esteemed co-worker who mm-hmm. i don't believe either of us have ever met no uh, i've sent him I know, an email certainly yeah, I, I have also CC'd him on an email. Uh, legendary Blue Jays reporter Ben Nicholson Smith. I think we could, Brand. Maybe we could just get him to come on the podcast every time we have a Brand Nicholson segment and say, hey, this is Brand Nicholson <laughs> segment
1: unveiling. That is the episode title, unfortunately.
0: The Brand Nicholson segment.
1: <laughs> um, so this week's BNS Griffin is what I'm calling accountability corner because, you know, we, we make a lot of takes on here. That's where lot of Smith
0: is going to take us when he sues our asses.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The about to killity corner. (laughs) He's going to be about to kill us. Oh my God. No, he seems Um, like a great guy. Based on that one time I CC'd
0: him on an email. Did you say,
1: thanks Griffin, exclamation mark? No, I don't think so.
0: No reply? (laughs) That, uh, that I would count as an interaction.
1: Sure. Um, So this is the accountability corner, Griffin. It's where we have to answer for some of our takes. And since we were on a break, the one team that did continue to play games and continue to form new narratives is the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, Just just to start out with one to ten. How what is your temperature on the Blue Jays right now? Uh, a solid eight, I think. I have
0: not completely given up on the possibility of catching the Yankees, winning the AL East. Wow. Um, it's a tough schedule the rest of the way, but I think they are very comfortably in a playoff position, and now I just want them to get those that home wildcard series. I think that's going to be crucial. I see some people saying, like, tank for wildcard three, like, that way yeah. you can play Cleveland. But it's like, I think if you're in the position where you get three home games as opposed to three road games... You gotta take the home games. You can't mess around with that kind of thing. Also, Cleveland's good, and people are like, but then it gives us an easier ALDS matchup against the Astros, or against the Yankees instead of the Astros, in which, like, that is such a pride comes before the fall, famous last words I can't even describe. Take your wins, take your home games, Robbie Ray can't come, or whatever, and uh, whatever advantage the border may give you, and get on to the alds and then worry about whoever you play once you get there because like for now yeah i mean take
1: the home games sure and it's like in all likelihood like i'd say what would you peg it out probably like an 85 percent chance that you're gonna have to go through the astros one way or another yeah so yeah you know i don't for me it doesn't make a huge difference whether they play them in the divisional series or the championship series assuming they get there obviously we're, I we're really my, putting the car uh, before Mike the Willner horse put,
0: here pointed out um if you do like obviously it would be an upset for the blue jays to play the to beat the astros so it's easier to pull off an upset in a best of five than it is a best of seven
1: sure yeah oh i like that that makes sense um But yeah, so the Blue Jays, since we're, you know, started talking about getting ahead of ourselves, currently six and a half games, Griffin. Who would have thunk it a few weeks ago when it looked like they were in serious peril? Six and a half games clear of the Baltimore Orioles who are in that fourth wild card, quote unquote. Uh, One and a half games up on the Mariners. One game up on the Rays after a a really quality series, which I had the pleasure of uh, taking in one game of. Uh so what we're going to do Griffin is we're going to go back to some of our thoughts and takes that we gave uh all those months ago closer to the start of the season and revisit those now and see uh, how embarrassed we should be about those takes. And we're going to take accountability. That's um, very
0: that's very big of us, I think. Yeah, we should we're... we start with the one that wasn't actually from Months and months ago, and was in fact just from a few weeks ago, I believe, from our Is last true? episode. Wow. Uh, in which you said famously that Beau Bichette will never amount to anything, and that the uh, Blue Jays should just
1: DFA him before it costs him too much money. <laughs> exactly what I said, you're right. You have a great recall. Um, <laughs> so yes, I gave some takes on Beau Bichette, and to be fair to myself, which I love to be, even within the episode i said i'm being too harsh on him i'm underrating him a little bit some of the things i said i acknowledged at the time were a a bit inflammatory he is a i said he was a good player as i recall we'll we'll check he has (laughs) we'll check the stats he has been Very, very good recently. I
0: think since you made those comments, he's much about 700 um, with 44 home runs and 386 RBIs, almost all of which have come in game-tying
1: or walk-off situations. That's pretty much exactly correct. Um, Yeah, I mean, what I will say to defend myself is, like, one good stretch does not amount to being like it doesn't I, I do feel like there is a huge tendency to be biased towards some uh, like a good stretch happening later in the season versus happening earlier in the season like if you flipped his season so he started out like this and then was struggling now you would not be defending Boba and being like Boba having a great year remember back in April when he hit those home runs and was so clutch like that's well that's well put I wouldn't be and you know if you look at here's an interesting game we can play top five players uh I'm looking at baseball reference in wins above replacement this year for the Toronto Blue Jays would you like to hazard a guess as to who those five players are I would say uh Kevin Gossman Kevin Gossman not one of them
0: Really? Uh, and up mm-hmm. until recently, he was leading all American League starters in war. So that's a surprise. All right. Uh, I'm looking,
1: I think he is higher in Fangraph's war than he is in Baseball Reference War. So. Possible. Uh, Alejandro Kirk. Alejandro Kirk is number three, which surprised me.
0: Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
1: Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is number two. Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa is number one. George Springer? George Springer is number four. And, hmm, Matt Chapman, defense, baby. Matt Chapman is number six, and I think you can guess that Bo Bichette is number five.
0: Oh, I thought for sure Bo Bichette would not be on the list. That was a tricky little list you pulled out.
1: (laughs) Which is to say, not that he's not, like, he's good. He is, I would say, you know, him and Matt Chapman are sort of in a similar spot right now, but it's like, no one is... Losing their mind about how amazing Matt Chapman's season has been.
0: Yeah, Matt Chapman gets it done very different ways, though, I think. Like, Bo is
1: now... Or even George Springer, who has been hurt a lot. You know, he's played, like, what, probably 25 fewer games than Bo Bichette. And he's still ahead in war. Not by much, but, you know, he is still ahead. And, you know, if you want to talk about clutch hitting, like, he is the king of clutch hitting, it feels like. Like, it seems like literally every time he comes up to bat in the eighth or ninth inning, he's getting a hit, so.
0: Yes, but I mean, like, I think that this hot stretch from Bo Bichette has raised him up to the level he, Blue Jays fans expect from him. he's now second in the American League in hits. He's sixth in the American League in RBI. He's top 20 in the American League in OPS. This is for the whole season, keeping in mind his, like, well below average season. Uh, he's twelfth in the American League in slugging. Uh, I think that Blue Jay. He's second in the AL in doubles, just one behind Jose Ramirez. Like this has now become another good Bo Bichette season, and like the worries right. that Blue Jays fans were having, I think, have been soothed. Well, the fact yeah. that he is like he was so not good, and now has been so good that he's just back to being a very good
1: player again. Right. In the so aggregate. do you? Right. Exactly. So going, let's say next season. Do you expect him to have another season that sort of averages out to this solid, quite good, probably all-star... You know, obviously, again, like, we talk about narratives, flip-flopping. If this happens in the first half of the season, he probably is an all-star. So we can call it an all-star level season. Do you expect him to be that good? Or do you expect him to be somewhere close? Like, has he turned a corner, I guess is what I'm asking. Is this, like... The new Bobochette, maybe not hitting like 400, but.
0: <laughs> I do think that it seems like he's ready to take another step. Like, he, what it's easy to remember with these young Blue Jays guys is A, they're so unbelievably young, and B, they only got like 60 games in 2020. Uh, and then Bo had a fantastic 2021 and he had a really good back half of 2019. So like Bo had only basically played one season's worth of games coming into 2022, right. even though he had been in the big leagues for like three years. um, Maybe like right. a season two, and a half, two
1: 234 seasons. games is how okay, many he had so played. So a season so and a half almost a half.
0: exactly. Yeah. Wait, exactly a season and a half. No, That'd be a season and a half plus one.
1: Nope. <laughs> Wait, how many? Season days? and a half plus one minus 10. Two thirty-four. A season uh, and a half would be two forty-three.
0: I gotcha, you, gotcha, you, gotcha. You. But yeah, so I think that, like, as we see with a lot of young players, pitchers make an adjustment, and you have to make an adjustment back. Bo has done it. Uh, Vladdy did it, and then not sure, not quite as good this year, but I think he'll bounce back.
1: I mean, if you want to talk about people who... Feel like they're having mediocre years, but are still really good. He would be number one. I'd say
0: it's just it's a little bit of a letdown, considering he was it so it last year. it absolutely is.
1: But he that leads the majors scared. in grounding into double plays. I will say,
0: hey, means they get on base a lot. Um, sure, <laughs> the Blue Jays. I mean, not Vladimir in yeah, particular, yeah. but yes. Accountability corner. You were wrong about Boba Shep. That's what this really boils down to.
1: I. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not ready to take the L here. What? It was unfortunate. What more does
0: he have to do? It was
1: unfortunate timing that he, that I said these things right before he had a hot streak. But again, if, if he was hot and I had said that I wasn't a firm believer, I would look like a genius. So, (laughs) that doesn't really make sense. (laughs) Your logic is ironclad. I don't feel... I don't feel like he has necessarily proven, you know, I, my take was the long view. I'm not talking about the next 20 games. I'm talking about the next, you know, five years. And so it's impossible to hold me accountable until we've played out those five years and seen just how good Boba is. So I'm not quite ready to take the loss there. I'll admit that my timing was unfortunate. And like I said in the episode, I was perhaps more harsh than uh, than was warranted. But I'm not. I'm not taking the loss yet. All right. Well, we will keep it
0: on the board, and, and I will be Ray happy Bichette to be wrong. Wins an MVP next year.
1: Absolutely, I'm excited for that. Um, and just a few more here, Griffin, from our episode. I believe it was recorded on June 6th with yes, Clem I, I listened to the whole thing. It was fun. It was a good episode with Clem. Good ep. Well, we always love Clem. Um, I think they were what around 30 and 20 at the time. Uh, was recorded now 83 and 64 this is it's funny that they probably won't hit 95 wins uh yeah no uh. wait just just a, just a yes or no is this team better than last year's team yes okay i think i agree but it's hard when the guys who are still here from last year's team are not playing as well as they did last year
0: yeah and you lost marcus Simeon, but i think like kevin gossman and alec Manoa have replaced Robbie Ray, and I think Alec Manoa has probably exceeded Robbie Ray. It's just that other pitchers have been better, so he probably won't win the Cy Young. Sure. Um, Well, let's talk about that
1: quickly. Okay. Because one of the things that we talked about from that episode with Clem uh, is Kevin Gosman and Alec... We played a real or fake. And Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa are the real deal. And my recollection is that we all pretty much said yes,
0: Uh, yeah I believe let me check my notes here I went back as we said we do our research um, and I closed the notes so let me just reopen the notes (laughs) riveting podcasting I'm going to vamp all the way through it Uh, I said they were both real Uh, Clem was a little concerned about Kevin Gossman regressing in the second half much the same way he did in 2021 but in Mm -hmm. the end like Clem did not really grasp real or fake that's uh, true. I forgot about that. But in the end, I think Clem would have chosen real with a gun to his head.
1: Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, they have both I, I wish I'd tweeted this at the time, but there was a time a few months ago where I was gonna tweet when the big talking point was to like Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, and I was like, the best pitcher on the Blue Jays is Alec Manoa, and like no one's talking about him. But now Everyone now that's is talking just a about it. Generally
0: him. accepted.
1: Yeah. Take you would. Here's something because Jay Leno. Um, because this is sort of becoming a point of discussion between Manoa and Gosman. Who are you starting game one of a playoff series?
0: I mean, I really, really like Kevin Gosman, but I think it has to be Alk Manoa. I don't think there's really any other way you can go. The real question is between Ross Stripling and Jose Barrios. Who mm-hmm. are you starting in game three of a wild card series?
1: And what's your answer? I think it's got to be Ross Stripling. I agree. He's been so good this year for them. He's been so much better than Jose Brios. Yeah, and
0: Burrios, like, but the great thing is that if you start Ross Stripling and win in game three, you still feel okay running out Jose Brios in game one of the ALDS. Like, he
1: he can bring it. Or even, like, you put out Ross Stripling, and then if he is not effective, then... You bring in Jose Brios or something like that. Like if it's a must-win game three in a wild card series. Um, you know, I think I think having rotations shrink to four starters instead of five starters is probably a good thing for the Blue Jays, given I would that say so, yeah. they don't have a fifth starter. Um so yes, we'll say yes to that. I mean, like, it is sort of hammy to say, but Alec Manoa, like, he has something in him. That the Blue Jays often seem to lack, like, that grit, that, like, willingness to sort of, like, go out and sacrifice and just, like, get the job done by any means necessary. Just that energy, I feel like, is missing from the Blue Jays at times.
0: Yeah, he is also someone who is very young, but uh, he definitely seems to already be blossoming into a leader in yeah, you would love to see the Blue Jays take after his mentality. He wants to get out there. He wants to finish games. He wants to put up eight innings of one-run ball, and really, uh, he really wants it. You know, he wants it more than the other guy.
1: He kind of, he, he does kind of remind me of uh Sandy Alcantara, both in terms of being like, you know, the big sort of power pitcher. I think Sandy Alcantara probably has more power, but, you know, wants to eat up innings, things like that, and I I, would, I love Sandy Alcantara, so yeah, I love Alec gonna Manova. Yeah, he's going to win a si Young attention.
0: this year, so uh, hopefully Alec Manova can follow in those footsteps.
1: Absolutely. Um, but Griffin, quickly here, uh, I'll do a quick one. Santiago Espinal is an everyday second baseman. Uh, I believe I after this, he was named an all-star. Clem and I
0: both said real to that one.
1: Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't, uh, Kevin Biggio seems to have sort of jumped him in the lineup. Although, you know, I think they've just sort of platooning.
0: Yeah, I think that's good for the Blue Jays overall that Kevin Biggio has reclaimed that. Like, he's he -hmm. went down to AAA because things were really bad for Kevin Biggio. Yeah. And he has like really bounced back and he's sort of back to being that really good patient hitter who can give you an occasional home run, can play every position on the diamond, seemingly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that the Blue Jays have got to be happy with what they've gotten from Kevin Bichio this year. You don't need every guy to be an all-star hitter. Like, you need a nine-hitter. And if Kevin Bichio can be that going forward, uh, that would be great for them. Um, so we were wrong. That's why this is the accountability corner. Uh, send te- tweet at Clem saying that he should be in the accountability corner. Yeah, uh, put
1: put Clemmy in the corner. Nobody puts um, Clemmy in the corner. And also, like, by the same token, like I'm still happy that Santiago Espinosa on the Blue Jays, like Yeah, yeah, it's good to have him. He's a great defender
0: and he can put together hot streaks once in a while. In the same uh, way, I'm
1: happy that like Rymel Tapia is still on the blue jays. I like Rymel Tapia. Me I'm too. a big Tapia head. I'm sort of uh showing Tapioca. my ignorance here.
0: Sure. That should be a promotion. They should have a bubble tea night at the Sky Dome. Sure. I Rymel love it. Tapioca. Uh, we, we asked if the Jays and Rays are about as good as each other. Uh, Clem and I both said yes, and that has proven, I think, to be very correct. The two yep. teams still locked in a titanic battle for the first wild card, with Seattle yeah. hanging around as well. But the really interesting one, I think we said, Chris, that still doesn't have a clear answer, is you asked Clem and I if George Springer is the best position player on the Toronto Blue Jays. And I think at the time we said no, at the time we... I went with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I forget what Clem went with. Clem went with uh he agreed. Clem said real. So okay. going back now, I think that there is a more of a case to be made here with Vladdy regressing a little bit, but I think that the other name is Alejandro Kirk.
1: He is a bit of a dark horse. And it's it's such a I think it's like it's almost a harder debate now than it was then because you can make the argument that like he is, if not the best player, then the most important player in the Blue Jays lineup. You can argue that, you know, I saw a segment on uh our esteemed colleagues in the sports radio world, <laughs> Blair and Barker, uh, were talking about, you know, who the Blue Jays MVP was. And one of the points that they were making is like no one makes a bigger difference when they're in the lineup versus out of the lineup as George Springer does. I think I that's would- a very so I would definitely. definitely agree with that. The straw that stirs the drink. Sure. Um, And so, yeah, and again, like, the question was the best, not the most valuable, because, you know, obviously you can oh, ding him for...
0: You want to get into that, eh?
1: Well, just that <laughs> he has games missed. I think that is what would detract from him being the best, is that he has games missed. He has been DHing a fair amount since he came back from injury. He's been sort of consistently banged up, but... Like I said, clutch hitting. He always seems to perform. He always seems to try hard. Like he is sort of the I think if you want to call Alec Manoa like the pitching leader, then he is probably the positional leader. Um and yeah, like I I think it's a really hard question because it's, you know, him, Guerrero, Bachet, I think I think you should throw Chapman in there. I don't know if you agree, but like in terms of, again, it's a, it's a question of best versus most important. Like he might be more important than he is good. (laughs) Yeah. I don't
0: think Matt Chapman is quite on that level just yet, just because the bat is inconsistent. Obviously we all know about the Mm -hmm. defense, but yeah, I think it's, you're probably talking a four horse race between the two young guns, Kirk and Springer. And I do think George Springer is just so good. Like he's a good defensive outfielder when he can play out there, but just at the plate, he is just like
1: so consistently.
0: Like yeah. there's no one thing that he excels at, but he can give you everything.
1: Yeah, that's what that's what it is for me. Is like, you know, there was a situation a few nights ago in their loss to the Orioles where they were sort of putting together a ninth inning rally, and you know you had the top of the lineup coming up where it was Springer, then Vladdy, then Bichette. And for whatever reason, I di- I felt most calm <laughs> when Springer was up to bat. Like, And he almost hit a home run and tied the game uh, and it ended up doubling. Um, well, he
0: is one of the most clutch performers in playoff history, so, I mean, that would track. But, yeah, I didn't believe in clutch until I started watching George Springer.
1: Yeah. The guy and Beauchamp.
0: Yeah. And he's also, like, the... Most charismatic man alive. He's a lot. I know you don't watch F one, Chris, but he reminds me a lot of Daniel Ricciardo, uh, who's a famously charismatic F one driver.
1: Sure, and you know I love that. Uh, I love that GIF. Have you seen that GIF that's been going around
0: of Springer stepping on second? Yeah,
1: I yeah, mean every that, time. He's playing
0: a game. It's fun. Everyone loves. He's that. like a he's like a kid out there. He's like a kid out there. He just loves the game.
1: Um, but yeah, like whenever... Whenever I see that, because I've seen it like three different times posted by like three different people, I just always watch it like five times and it always yeah. makes you laugh. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, I had friends who don't watch baseball sending me this being like, what's he doing here?
0: Like, what happened? This is so funny. Story. It's taken off. George Springer is going to save baseball.
1: Absolutely. Uh, speaking of saves, Jordan Romano, am I right? Hey. You're um, <laughs> no, not New York Joe. Not yet. <laughs> We got to save your show for mid-season. Oh, um, but I think that Griffin will have to do it for accountability corner. We have taken accountability for our actions and we have decided that none of them are actually harmful to us. No. Yeah. And I think we, we actually... were right on most of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like we
0: know a thing or two about a thing or two and that's why you should
1: keep listening absolutely but for today you will have to stop listening because the episode is coming to an end i timed that please please. (laughs) (laughs) it's physically impossible for you to keep listening but if you want to go listen to our back catalog uh, oh there's so much good stuff in there go listen to those listen to the christmas special from last year uh griffin i saw you listening to the killers Uh, Christmas songs, am I right in thinking that you are starting to get your Christmas playlist ready here in late September? I was doing research (laughs) on additions
0: to the Christmas playlist, because the Christmas playlist right now is about 100 songs, and I was just uh, scrolling through Spot. I was bored. I didn't really have anything to do, and because I listen to Christmas music so much, like the rest of the in december when i'm doing research for my christmas playlist and like in november youtube will like recommend me christmas songs every once in a while so i try to i always try and wipe that off my listening history at the end when i uh quickly go back and listen to something else so you must have caught me in the act
1: yeah it seems that five days ago you listened to a great big sled by the killers that's Uh, still up there
0: oh god i got it I think I
1: gotta, <laughs> I gotta listen to something. I should connect you with my good friend Jack Reed, who makes his Slade playlists every year, which are always fun. Um But that this will have to also do it. Cut. That information sure, absolutely. It. Absolutely. No, no, keep that in. Um rate review, subscribe, give us five stars, Please. tell a friend. We appreciate you so much. HFLC Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, and TikTok, things of that nature. We are getting back into the swing of things, so probably some content will be coming post-haste. Yeah, Uh,
0: definitely hoping to make a TikTok out of this episode. Blow up. Go viral, as the kids say. Chris, is there anything you'd like to plug?
1: I would. I would love to plug uh, Got the Runs is really... uh, popping off right now. We have just started our new miniseries on the works of Ed Brubaker uh, post his Captain America run. So we talked about some X-Men this week which people might mm-hmm. uh, enjoy listening to. So I check that out. I just started
0: reading the uh, famous Matt
1: Fraction Hawkeye run. Do you have an episode on that? We don't. We've not covered Matt Fraction yet but Griffin, oh. Ed Brubaker did... Work on several things with Matt Fraction, including uh, I wow. believe Daredevil and some other things, uh, Immortal well, Iron a Fist, which nice we might be covering as well. So there will definitely probably be some Matt Fraction talk on that uh, on the upcoming episode. So well, then I'll if, have to check that out. I think you might have to Griffin, and of course, Bevy of Bevies. Uh, the Bevy conspiracy is blowing up. Uh, I tried it. And, what well, actually, you know, just, we'll say listen to the episode. Yeah, listen to the uh, episode. Try it yourself. Find out if Coke and Sprite makes ginger ale. It's a great listen. Uh, Got the Runs pod on Twitter. Bevy of bevies on Twitter. Listen to those. Uh, OUA in conversation, Griffin, any updates for us?
0: Uh, not yet, hoping to come back soon, but speaking of the OUA, I have been lucky enough to be doing play-by-play for York University football, so uh, there's two home games left, I believe, coming up, so make sure to keep an eye on my Twitter or check the OUA schedule for those York home games. I'll also be doing their men's hockey when that rolls around, so I'll be sure to keep you guys posted on that. Uh, watch Plays of the Month and Miss Plays of the Month on Sportsnet, I work on that, any chance you get. Um... Yeah, I think that's just about all that I have to plug. But you guys have been the best audience. We uh, we're back with a whimper this week, but I oh, think come on. the uh, the break did us a lot of good.
1: Thank you all for listening. And until next week, keep your floors high and your ceilings low.
0: Maybe just give me one more of those for safety, because you cut
1: out a bit in the middle. And until next time, keep your floors high. And your ceilings low. We lost you on low. That's bullshit. (laughs) I swear to God. Low.
0: Oh, you just gave me low. Low. All right. I'm sure I can cobble something (laughs) together.